Today's show is brought to you by IBM. By the end of this podcast, nearly 10,000 new malware variants will have launched. Now AI can help protect your data from threats wherever it lives with IBM Security. Let's put smart to work. Learn more at ibm.com slash smart. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Rico. And I'm Lauren Good, senior tech editor at The Verge. And you're listening to Too Embarrassed to Ask, coming to you from the Vox Media Podcast Network. This is the show where you answer all of your embarrassing questions about consumer tech. It could be anything at all, like should Kara Swisher delete her Facebook? I still, I have to use it first. I don't use it at all. I never use it. Do you have two Facebooks? Do you have a have personal several. and a professional? Yeah, I got that. I have a lot. I have like 750,000 fans or whatever the hell you call them. Uh, likes, whatever. followers. I don't know. I don't ever go but there. You don't use them? I use Instagram and I I use WhatsApp. Oh, and, therefore you're not using Facebook. Yeah, I know, but I use their properties. I use I Facebook know, I'm properties. I don't I know. use who owns Waze. Is that Google or Facebook? Uh, Google. All right. Anyway, mm-hmm. I, I no, I don't use main Facebook. It's too heavy handed for me. Anyway, so send us your questions. We'll talk about that more. Find us on Twitter and tweet them to at Recode or to myself or to Lauren with the hashtag too embarrassed. We also have an email address too embarrassed at recode.net and a friendly reminder there are two R's and two S's in embarrassed. As always, Lauren. As always. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the reason we're talking about Facebook, Lauren, what's the reason? They're in a bit of hot water, wouldn't you say? As we tape this podcast right now, it's Wednesday. You're going to hear this on Friday, but it's Wednesday about 6 p.m. Pacific. And Mark Zuckerberg is doing an interview live on television with CNN right now, but he also spoke to some media outlets, including you, including yes, Recode and Kurt Wagner, right. um, about the few, Cambridge... Just a few just, precious just, ones. <laughs> just a few. Yeah. Um, about the Cambridge Analytica story, which has really blown up over the past week. Mm-hmm. And so we're delighted to bring in Kurt Wagner, uh, Recode social media editor, mm-hmm. who's going to join us. And I think The Verge's Casey Newton may pop in. Pop in. He he's writing a story. He's trying to catch up he's, to our scoop. He's, he's filing furiously right now, yeah. um, as are a lot of the news media. But yeah, this is a really... It's it's interesting because Facebook uh, sharing your data, Facebook as a free service sharing mm-hmm. your data is not a new story. It's not a new theme. We mm-hmm. all sort of implicitly understand the exchange that goes on when we sign up for a service and we use a service like Facebook. But this story in particular has really captivated people. Kurt, why is this happening? I think it's a transparency issue. Um, so a lot of people do know what Facebook does with your data. I think what caught people off guard here is that one, 50, some 50 million users found their data in the hands of someone that they did not give permission to have it. Two, we find out that Facebook actually knew about this three years ago and never said anything publicly. So I think there's this betrayal of trust right now, not so much that, hey, we didn't know Mark Facebook. called it. Yeah, breach we, of trust. a breach of trust. Yeah. We didn't know, it's, it's not so much, hey, we didn't know Facebook had our data. It's more, we gave it to you thinking one thing, and now all of a sudden we're learning another. And more importantly, they didn't protect it. They weren't monitoring. The, they, what happened is in 2007, and I was at the 2008 F8 where he announced this, um, they did something called Facebook Connect. And one of the ways it grew the platform and the thing that made it big was bringing all these developers onto the platform to do all kinds of things. There was one called Superwall from uh, RockU where you could put pictures. So they were bringing in lots of apps to get activity going mm-hmm. on. Which was, and those app makers were tapping into Facebook's well, in API, exchange to get right, them to, get the data. to bring them in. They mm-hmm. gave them precious data. And they didn't have a lot of rules. They had rules around it, but they didn't monitor the rules. So they had laws, but they didn't enforce the laws, or they didn't know what people were doing. And so all this enormous data went out for seven years. Seven, wasn't it right, Kurt? More than that. I mean, if it would have been 2007, that's so, 10 years, right? And so, Well, no, they sort of slowed it down in 2014. Oh, I'm sorry. In tw- well, in 2014, they, st- they stopped what um, they allowed. So let's pretend you signed up for Words with Friends yeah. uh, back in 2013. Right. 
they would have also had access to all of your friends' data. Right. In 2014, they said, no, we're, if you give them permission, you know, Kara, they can mm-hmm. take your data. They can't take all of your friend data. Right. So for, yeah, so for about seven years or so, they were not only giving away data of the people who agreed to it, but also everyone in their network was kind of, you know, losing their data as well without mm-hmm. their permission. So mm-hmm. where does where does Cambridge Analytica come into the picture? Talk about that and how they were mining the data and how they weren't exactly transparent about what it was being used for. Yeah, so they got a hold of all of their data actually from a, a researcher, a professor from Cambridge who uh, created a personality app, I guess. Um, and some 270,000 people used it. 300,000 people is what Mark uh, Zuckerberg said today. So they all signed up to take this personality quiz and as a result, all of their friends, you know, handed over their data unknowingly as well. And then that professor gave the data to Cambridge Analytica, which is a data firm. That is where the issue happened. So, right, so it's a pass along. It's like a virus. Exactly. They like passed it along. Mm-hmm. And they didn't have, Facebook was just not monitoring. I mean, let's, look, what Cambridge Analytica did was just suspect and misuse. And they said they were going to do something. They did something else. They said they were going to destroy data. They didn't. They're just liars, right? Mm-hmm. So but, they said, I mean, they said, just for background for people who are listening, they uh, they ultimately used the data in a way that influenced the. This is a UK based yes, firm. Then they used that ultimately it used the data to influence in some. Well, the the fact of whether they actually did influence right. people is questionable. Depends on how you feel about uh, Psychograph- I think it's psychographics, right? right. But. They use it with the intent to influence the U.S. election, and then when Facebook did become aware of it, they insisted that um, Cambridge Analytica basically would certify that they'd cleaned everything up. Right. They said we deleted it, and now and we find we're out. finding out they did And also they should have had it in the first place. And the whole question mm-hmm. is how did Facebook didn't monitor the data it gave out? It was handing out data like candy to get these developers on its platform, and then it wasn't monitoring the data. And it's not just it's not just Cambridge Analytica. It's like who did they give it out to? Like There's t- mm-hmm. tons of companies they gave data out two that don't exist anymore, tons and tons of those. Who knows where, where the data has go? gone? Where right. it goes into the great data? Like data sets are critical to, to to marketers and everyone else. And Facebook handed these out for free, essentially, for getting people on their platform for benefit to Facebook. And essentially, you are the you the user are the product. Like you are the product they're selling. And so it wasn't that they that you didn't know it was so confusing. It, you know, it went from person, especially the friend graph. Like if you if Kurt gave it out, I didn't agree for Kurt to give it out. Right. You know what I mean? And so so that's the problem. And it's the mo- they just did no monitoring. And we did an interview with Mark tonight where he said, Yeah, we didn't. You yeah, know? and we asked him. We said, Is it even possible to go out and you know get it back? Get it back, right? Can you go out and find find some app from 2012 that had 100,000 users and therefore the data of maybe 20 million users, could you go out and get all that back? And he said, not always, right? It's, yeah. it's kind of like what we wrote today. It's like putting the genie back in the bottle. Like right. the data's mm-hmm. out there once it's off of Facebook servers and onto someone else's servers, yeah. uh, you, you know, they're not you the don't police. have much control They can't over go it. in and get it. The people could hide it. It could go into dark parts of the web. It just, you know, when he was asked if he could recover some of the data, he, he admitted not always. And I think it's not more than not always, not at all, like really pretty much. And so I think, it, it, once it, again, once it's out there, it's out there. And, and they used it to build their business to what it is today. And so the responsible use of that data brings up some lots of regulatory problems. There's all sorts of, uh, you know, violations of possible agreements they had made with the government before. Yeah, the FTC might be investigating now um, after all of this Cambridge Analytica mm-hmm. stuff to see if they violated a consent decree that they signed in 2011. So, you know, there could be a financial fine, which I don't think is that big of a deal for someone like Facebook. They have so much money. But I think more concerning would be if Congress comes in and says, hey, we're going to start regulating the data that you take in. 
because uh, we don't no longer trust you to do this on your own. All of a sudden, Facebook's whole business is based on their whole business. that data, that targeting, mm-hmm. specific hyper-targeting of ads that requires that data. And if Congress says you can't collect it or you have to collect it in a certain way, that could change the whole you know advertising landscape that Facebook's built. And it's built. a rolling controversy. It just keeps going. First it was the fake news, then it was the Russia bots, then it was the fake advertising. And Yeah, there's a convergence of issues that are happening right now. And they're all contributing to this lack of this distrust with Facebook. But when you look at there, there's fake news, like literally fake news websites that are having this presence and this impact on Facebook. There is the, you know, the Russian propaganda and Russian influence in the US Russian election. Advertising there, right. There's I mean, in general, it just seems like it's, there's it's, this. It's the of, same story: lack of control of its platform, lack of monitoring, lack of responsibility around the data that it's supposed to protect. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then on the, top of it, I mean, just as sort of a like a meta theme is people right now wondering whether Facebook is good for them in general. Yeah, right. well, that's a that's a whole. Is it good thing. for your health on top of all of this? <laughs> right, right? Like, right. Are they stealing your data? And oh, by the way, is it making you? <laughs> and depressed? oh, by the way, does it make me sad? Right. Uh, so, so Can I we're, just say, I mean, we're just in the middle yeah. of this. There was also this idea of remaining a neutral platform, which Mark would not go there. I mean, we've all tried to press him, saying you have to have values and rules and things like that. And he said. Um, he, he, he keeps in this line, it's a very Silicon Valley line, that they don't want to have uh, their personal ideology influencing Facebook rules and regulations. I'm like, why not? It's your company kind mm-hmm. of thing. And he mm-hmm. really controls it because he's got that special stock. And he's, this is the quote, a lot of the most sensitive issues we face today are conflicts between real values, right? Freedom of speech and hate speech are an offensive conduct. Where's the line? Sounding more like an ethics student, the billionaire CEO of the, one of the world's most valuable companies. What I'd really like to do is find a way to get our policies set in a way that reflects the values of the community so I'm not the one making those decisions. I fundamentally feel people uncomfortable sitting here in California in office making content policy decisions for people around the world. Well, he has to. It's his company. Mm-hmm. Well, That's I don't agree The with. end of that quote actually was the best part, which yeah. is him basically saying, and I'm reading over your shoulder now, who chose me to be the person that you know basically makes these decisions? I guess I have to because of where we are now, but I'd rather not. So yeah. it's kind of that first, almost this first admission I've ever heard of him kind of being like, I really want to be a neutral platform. It's not really working. And now I guess it falls on me to have to make these tough decisions. He's never really said that Which before. Which I'm sorry. I've always thought that was just bullshit. Not from him. He's a very earnest and thoughtful person. Like, let's be clear. He's not, this is not Travis Kalanick at Uber mm-hmm. we're talking about. This mm-hmm. guy really does think about it. But the fact of the matter is he has a responsibility and he's got to start making choices. And they just don't want to. They just, mm-hmm. they keep saying we'd rather have the community do it. But the community has nine different opinions. Well, like, that's also a very data-driven approach. It's like, how do you actually take the temperature of entire communities of 2.2 billion people around the world? And well, you do, easy to you do it using data, right? And you too say, what, is, what do game. you, you know, it's kind of like, you vote for the most reputable publishers. Yeah. You vote for what you want. And I think they've been hiding behind that idea that if they just had, you know, had enough data, then it's the, then it's the user base it's, that's deciding. But that's, I mean, that's not, it's, Kara, I mean, I think you, you kind of pushed the, like, this idea of like, how did you not anticipate these bad actors mm-hmm. though, mm-hmm. as you're building this massive, massive yeah, platform? They never do. Facebook launch. They, you know, they have to take responsibility. That's what adults do. This is their company. They've made billions of dollars off of it. They've decimated industries. Like they really control the online advertising market. They need to be responsible and make choices. And making choices means you piss people off. Making choices means you have to give up some things. They can't have everything. They can't have the world's biggest platform and not be responsible for it. That is, I just don't have, I don't know why we're even arguing over this situation. Mm-hmm. If they don't want to do it, get out of the way and let someone else. That's you know, just to backtrack a little bit. We're, we're we're speaking right now literally on the heels of this mini media blitz that mm-hmm. went on this evening, on yeah. Wednesday evening. Mm-hmm. But prior to this, uh, Zuckerberg was silent for about five days. 
when the story first, you know, after the story broke last Friday night. Uh, so Kurt, where, where, was where was he? Yeah, I mean, he was working. Uh, they 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 also, it was so bad that they came out with a statement that said he was working. He's working around the clock is what Apparently they had to say. around the clock. That's what you do. You work around the you clock. work around the clock. Um, I think this was a, an example Kurt was of, working around the clock, I was, by the way. Yeah, what day? <laughs> is, I don't even say. know what day it is Lucky right Facebook now. reporters. Yeah, this is great. Um, no, I think this was an example of something that they learned from the really big scandal they had 18 months ago, right after the election when he comes out, like a few days after, and he says, it's, quote, crazy that fake news could have influenced the election. Do you know how many times people pointed to that interview and said, hey, remember that time Mark Zuckerberg said it was crazy and now look, you know, he looks super naive. He looked like he had no idea what he was talking about. In this scenario, I think that they remembered that interview or that statement and they said, well, before we get all the facts, the last thing we want is to put Mark out there in front of the press to say something that we're going to have to backtrack uh, later on when we know more details. So that is my hunch. They have not really come out and said specifically. Um, you know, he said on, in our interview, he was like, oh, one of the reasons it took me so long is I was you know, going through this. this I wanted to unveil a plan for all this. Yeah, I didn't just like want to say something. But there's nothing that he, he could have said something a few days ago. Right. I think they just didn't know enough and they didn't want him to say something they were going to have to walk they back. They badly handled this in the beginning when he first said we had no impact on election, though maybe a little bit, okay, maybe more. Oh, no, there's more Russians. It's like right. cockroaches. Right. If there's one Russian, there's <laughs> bad and then, Russians. And then it became a personal... Not, by the way, uh, not all Russians are bad, just these Russians. <laughs> and then it became a personal resolution of his in the new year to you know essentially fix Facebook. So it went yeah. from, no, this is not a problem. No problems here. Nothing to see here to I need to fix something. Right. right. I mean, that was that in sure itself does. was an acknowledgement. Yeah. So sure what, do you, what do you think happens from here? Uh, Kurt? Um, I do think that uh, as we reported today, there's a real chance that he could testify in front of Congress now. And I think that'd he's be- He's open to he's it. Open, he's quote, open. open to it. That's not a yes. Um, no, it's not. But I guarantee that they're all going to ask him now, yeah. right? Like, I mean, if he's open to it- He doesn't have a choice then, if he gets subpoenaed, FYI. Yeah, so he has to. I think, I think that could happen. I think that'd be a really big deal. Um, I think this FTC investigation could be a big deal. Um, you know, I, I don't fully know how realistic it is at this point that they would be regulated um, more severely the way that we were kind of talking about earlier. But hell, I mean- I, I'm afraid to say that anything is off the table at this point. I think that it's possible. I think if you look like what's going to happen in the next week, um, you're going to see a lot more about their policy stuff and changes. I think that that's the immediate plan for them is probably going to be, here are all of the things we're doing to protect your data right now. You know, And it'll be things like, we're going to put newsfeed alerts so that you remember to go check and make sure that you're sharing with the right people and that you're you know, severing ties with apps that maybe you used five years ago that you no longer have a relationship with. Um, but I think big picture is that, you know, this is not, this, not this is far from over. The stock has gotten really hit because people do intuitively understand this goes to the heart of their business. I think that's one of the parts. Right. The second part is, again, uh, you know, I really like, you like Mark. I like I do. Mark. I uh, do. But the slow rolling. I like Cheryl. I, you know. Where is Cheryl in all of this? That's a better she's question. She's working around the clock. Yeah. She's I think that's a better question. Yeah. I mean, when you think about Cheryl, she built Google's ad business or was a huge part in building it. She built Facebook's ad business for sure. She's been there 10 years. Um, what are the two companies right now that are in the middle of this entire ad dilemma? It's Google and Facebook, right? And yeah. she, I mean, she's very visible on Facebook, but it's a lot of, uh, you know, um, her uh, lean in stuff. It's a lot of her philanthropy. And 
I think there's a lot of people who would love to hear more from her on this The topic. only thing I would say, I'm going to push back, because today when yeah. I was on CNBC, they were talking about, well, why doesn't Cheryl talk? Mark's the CEO of this company, mm-hmm. you know, and he is the founder. He's the CEO. He's the technical founder. Cheryl's not technical. These are technical, highly technical issues yep. of how this is. He's the one that has to talk. And I know they want to bring in, like, you know, adult lady, but he's an adult. He is an adult man with children. He's married. He's been there for 10 years. You know, he's been running it for a long time. He's a very smart man. I I talked about this earlier. You're juvenilizing these Silicon Valley men. Let's bring in Cheryl to clean up. You know, she's absolutely responsible. I don't, I 100% agree, but he has to be the face of this. Mm -hmm. He absolutely, just because she's smoother and talks better, he's the one he has the controlling stock. He's the one responsible. He's the one that should talk. He's the one that should take responsibility. And it's fine to have Cheryl or Chris Cox, who's head of the platform, or Dan Rose, who's any of these executives or the CTO should probably speak to. Yeah, but sure. really, it falls to Mark. It, Mark Zuckerberg wants to be the CEO of uh, Facebook. He has to, you know, he, years ago when he wasn't being as adult as he was, he had a card that said, I'm the CEO bitch on his card, which I thought was funny. Everyone didn't like I thought it was so funny. But, you know, he's the CEO bitch, so. Right. Okay. You want that business card. Yes, you, you do. You. So has this, inspired either, card, has, this, has this inspired either of you to reconsider your own Facebook accounts? I, I always no. monitor my security preferences. Yeah, I did. I, I did actually go through my, uh, my settings and kind of just poke around since it had been a while. But no, I, I mean, as you pointed out at the very beginning, I, I kind of know what, I'm, I got into when I signed up on Facebook. Uh, I'm, I think I'm also a little bit different in the sense that I write about it all the time. I don't think it'd be possible for me to do that and not Can't be just on check Facebook. Out. Yeah. yeah, but um, it, you know, I, I rode from the airport here today. My Lyft driver told me he deleted Facebook. Oh wow, huh. interesting. Oh, so it's like deleted. So, did you yeah. ask, or did the Lyft driver volunteer that? No, we were talking. I'm trying to think. Oh, he was asking me what I did, and I told him that I wrote about Facebook, and then we started talking about this data scandal, and he was like. Oh, you know, a few weeks ago, I actually d- deleted my Facebook, so I don't have to deal with any of that anymore. Huh? That's yeah. really interesting. I, I just don't use it that much. There's just yeah, I don't, I don't re- yeah. really either, to be honest. I'm yeah. much more about um, much more time on Instagram than Which I do is Facebook, a Facebook and way w- correct, but way more time on Twitter, uh, as I'm sure you guys are given our jobs. Yeah. So I have a professional Facebook page, so I'm not inclined to delete that. And my personal one, I think I am using it less. Um, I haven't done a very sophisticated analysis of my own usage, but I think I am using it a lot less. Um, but yeah, there is there is an element of it that feels a little bit like Hotel California. Like it's it's just very difficult to check out. And you know, some people have brought up like, <laughs> you just sing? Can you sing that, please? Yeah, I, I I know I'm singing I'm singing on the other podcast, right? Yeah, exactly. uh, but but um. No, the uh, and a couple people have um, you know reporters, and I, I I don't want to give credit to the wrong person, but have brought up this idea too that just to say, oh well, just delete your Facebook. You know, in some markets or in some countries, that, that seems almost no, it's impossible. They just you know, responsibly it's way, run it. It's the way it's people can. It's like the primary way people connect yeah. right. with certain people. Oh, it is synonymous with the internet they for also, some people they in certain also own markets. Instagram and WhatsApp and WhatsApp's an enormous exactly. Property. So they've got to, the overall leadership of this company has to take this privacy seriously. And one thing. Mark said, I think that was super interesting, was around the mistakes were made section of our interview, yeah. um, which uh, which he's, he didn't, he said, I made a mistake. So that, I appreciated that. Um, but <clears throat> the idea that it was built 
incorrectly at the beginning, which was back in 2007, and especially around privacy. And he said he came to realize people did not want their privacy violated. He just came to realize that. Uh, frankly, I think I got it wrong. He said in a sentiment that most Silicon Valley moguls are loath to admit, there was this values tension playing out between the value of data portability, being able to take your data and some social data, the ability to create new experiences on one hand, and privacy on the other hand. I was maybe too idealistic on the side of data portability that would give create more good experiences and created some, but I think the clear feedback from our community community was that people value privacy a lot more. But what does that say about the mentality of the people who made Facebook and continue to build Facebook? They I mean, for data I mean, portability. They just, it they just money really for them. value no, this don't. idea of openness and data goes That's their word, data moves you know free, freely and it things like that. It makes money for them. That's but, why. Privacy does not make money for them. Right, Kurt? I mean, I think that's a huge, yeah, I think that's on. a huge part of it, right? When you're a venture, at that point, a venture-backed business that's trying to rapidly scale and trying to add as many new users as possible. If you're the profile, right? If I'm downloading 10 new apps a month and I'm using my Facebook identity to log into all 10 of those, I'm probably not leaving Facebook, right? There's a huge value to them in doing that. I do though, having spoken and, and Kara has has talked to more Facebook executives for longer than I have, I do believe that they are drinking the Kool-Aid in terms of that mission though. Like they truly believe the whole, you don't think? No, I think it's such bullshit. I think they're lying to themselves. Oh, but I, I think, I, they think believe they, it. I would say that well, lying to they themselves it, they and drinking the Kool Aid are kind of the same thing. Yeah, it is. But I think they believe it because they've made money on it. I think ultimately they sure. pretend they don't care about money, and then they have giant houses and planes. So I don't know. I just feel like oh, I'm not trying to say it's not. I'm not. I'm right. not. I, I I guess what I'm saying is I think that it can be both. I think that it can be a good business, and that they can believe in this broader mission of yes, everyone connecting. And yes, it's in that theme. Idealistic of like oh well, why would anyone ever use Facebook Live to murder somebody? Right? Like right. why would and the rest of the world is like, yo, the internet sucks. People do stupid stuff well, on the internet all well, the time. To me, that's willful ignorance then. It's absolute sure. willful ignorance, pretending that your inventions do not have consequences in the real world. And you know what? Adults know about consequences. Right. You know, Maybe my 15-year-old doesn't know about consequences, but certainly Mark Zuckerberg should. And right. so that's really They don't lesson. foresee a lot of them. But ultimately, after 10 times of this, it's like, mm, yeah. if, listen, you don't have kids, but if my kid did it 10 times, I'd be like, okay, yeah. he means it kind of thing. So anyway, I'm giving a little parenting advice to Kurt. I know, right? thank you. Keep I'm going. Mean, I'm such a scold. I am a too scold. Too embarrassed to ask. Am I too much of a scold? No. No. I don't think I've been banging on this drum for a while. This response, with great power comes great responsibility, mm-hmm. which was actually written by Voltaire, even though all the geeks think it's Spider-Man. But you know. I know you told Sundar Pichai that during your yeah. interview with him. Yeah, he argued and yeah. was inaccurate. You were like, Google All right, it. we're here with Rico's Kurt Wagner. In a minute, we're going to get through some questions from our readers and listeners about Facebook. But first, we're going to take a quick break word from our sponsors. Lauren? Hashtag money, that thing that's driving all this scandal. Yeah. Kurt, do you want to say it? Yeah, sure. What am I saying? Hashtag money. <laughs> Hashtag money. No, that's like, come on. My stomach but is proud. Do like a sports tag. Sports tag. Hashtag money. Very nice. <laughs> I think I found my new hashtag money person. <laughs> anyway, we'll get back to you. Today's show is brought to you by IBM. By 2050, the world population will reach nearly 10 billion and food production will need to grow by 70%. What if artificial intelligence could help? Farmers are already using AI to help increase crop yields. Watson and the IBM Cloud provide access to weather data and analyze satellite imagery to help them monitor soil moisture levels and reduce water waste. So as the population grows, more food can be put on tables. Let's put smart to work. Find out how at ibm.com smart. 
Today's show is brought to you by Freshly. Meal kits are so last year. Freshly is the new way to get dinner on the table in no time. Their chefs send you delicious, freshly prepared meals so you can eat better without any of the work. No cooking or cleanup required. Their meals are delivered to your door fresh and ready whenever you are. Just heat them up when you're hungry. My sons ate everything Freshly sent to our house, and they loved it. I did not actually get a bite because they ate it all. Freshly chefs and nutritionists make sure that every meal is all natural, nutritious, and made with high-quality ingredients. So now you can come home late and still have a delicious chef-cooked meal waiting for you. Just choose from the rotating menu of 30 options. Try Freshly, and you'll see what it's like to put zero effort into making dinner. Go to Freshly.com slash decode and get $25 off your first order of six meals. That's $25 off plus free shipping at Freshly.com slash decode. We're back with Recode reporter Kurt Wagner talking about what else Facebook. Kurt has done an astonishing job this week because there's so much news coming out of Facebook. Um, so now we're going to answer, he's been doing tons of stories, like kudos all around, but we're going to answer some of the questions that our readers and listeners um, have been asking. Lauren, would you read the first question? Absolutely. The first question is from Tulam Fam, who asks via Twitter, why does Facebook even give other apps access to all of that mm. user data? Their targeted ads product doesn't require other companies to own the data. Advertisers just tell Facebook who they want to read and Facebook serves ads to that. No need to hand over any data, hashtag to embarrass. Kurt, is that is that true? And if so, mm-hmm. why, why yeah, the access? Well, we've, we've, this is what we've kind of been riffing on this whole conversation so far, is that it was a huge way for Facebook to grow in the mm-hmm. early days, right? I mean, if they're... Enticements. Um, yeah, if they're bringing in other apps. And, and Facebook benefited in the way that, um, you know, if I'm logging in through Spotify, maybe I'm saying, I'm posting back to Facebook and saying, hey, here's the song that I'm currently listening it to, right? It was done to it's create users. Create users, create content, create a dependency on Facebook. I'm not going to delete my Facebook account if it's my login information for every app on my phone, right? So there's a lot of different reasons that Facebook saw value in this. And then I think it's been more recently, obviously, that they've realized, oh, uh, maybe this isn't always the best approach. Mm-hmm. Okay. So well, I, that, I would agree with that. I think they don't need to. They need to grow the company. And now, of course, they pull back because they don't need to, need it. They don't right. need them anymore. And so they should control all their data, and then they should protect it. Let's hope they don't have a hacking right. after The question this. is how much is already out there, right? Oh, it's, so, right, it's out there. Come yeah. on. Come on. Like, that's the thing. He was, he was close to saying that. I know it is out there. I'm saying yeah. how much. How many, well, how many developers have your information, Kara? What, I don't use Facebook that much. Um, but what likes do you have? I never liked anything. I hardly put my school in there. You'd probably laugh. I bet I'd laugh. I haven't looked at my likes in a long time. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty either. sure Rascal Flats <laughs> I liked. All right. The show Friends. Well, that's enough I to like. get you fired here at Rico. <laughs> <laughs> so. Friends. All right, next question. When did the show Friends go off the uh, air? I'm a huge Such fan Such a good of show. Oh, Still, my goodness. Yeah. Which Friends character up. do you identify with the most? Everyone thinks I'm Ross, which is you're, a bummer because not. he's like the worst. Yeah, but you're not, yeah, Joey. but you're not a Joey. You're not a Joey. Maybe a Chandler. No, you're not really a Chandler. I don't know. You know what this sounds like? A personality <laughs> Let's quiz. Let's get a BuzzFeed quiz on this, right? <laughs> I think. You know what happens you're with not personality. You're not yeah. any friend. You're not. Were well, you going to say he's a Phoebe? No, you're a Phoebe, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I am a little. So, VJ uh, Shri- uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> Shrinivas. I'm sorry. I'm really tired. It's been a long day. We did a long interview with Mark Zuckerberg who did a very good job, I thought. Um, This only talks about uh, Facebook, the social network. I wonder what Facebook, the company, does with intimate and more personal details from Instagram and WhatsApp. Uh, I agree. 
they have other mm. things um, you may not know they own. Kurt? Well, they, they they don't sell it, or they claim they don't sell it, and I and I believe them only because I think it'd be very bad business for them to sell mm-hmm. your data. They yeah. use it though to show you targeted ads, right? Mm-hmm. So that is the whole point of all of this data yeah. that they collect is that they know that you're you know a male or female, and you're in this age group, and you live in this city, and you like friends, or yes. you don't like friends, mm-hmm. or you're a Joey more than a Chandler. Like they know that stuff about you, which is why their ad business is so good. So what's, what's the one ad? What's the one ad that you you both see consistently on, on your Instagram? <laughs> on your Instagram, I get a ton of uh, those those ads that you know follow you around the uh, uh, internet, right? So I right now I'm getting a lot of golf club ads. I like you to are. golf. Are you? Oh, I could okay. Guess that. I don't so, so you already but you already own them, right? So actually, fun fact, and, and what a waste of ad money. I looked them up online. I went and bought them in a physical retail store, brick and mortar. And there was no way, apparently, for the online advertiser to know that I'd already made the purchase. So for the last like six weeks, I've been getting just golf club ads, ads, and I just laugh every time because I'm like, I already made this purchase, man. You're wasting your dollars on me. So, but yes, I do yes. like to golf. I get and followed most by at Rico what? make fun of me. For well, that. The, the funny thing is, golf is I don't is even fine. like to. I don't really like to decorate that much, and I've been followed by this parachute home oh, ad yeah, on Instagram for sheets. months now and everything is like the same sort of very I don't know Southern California aesthetic and it's sheets oh very Brooklyn is our sponsor but okay oh yeah, yeah anyway. no, are they, is, that, is that the same company no I don't think so I don't know I just get followed by home decor ads a lot I must have liked accounts at some really? point you know what I get I'll tell you what I get so I read the New York Times up every day and it took me I had to finally literally complain to Twitter and they took it down I think they went at a special Kara Swisher squad but it was it was in and I complained to the New York Times CEO too um, it was a, 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 a shirt company that had a rainbow sort of painted shirt so that it was like a it was a real ugly white shirt with like gay rainbow splatter and I was I was like I'm never buying that shirt that was on the New York Times every day Every five scrolls. Like, so you think it, I, it, it targeted Some gay thing. But like, yeah. why would I want a rainbow paint splattered shirt? It was crazy. So what it we've drove- learned is that you just go complain to Jack Dorsey I at did. Twitter. I did that. Right. So yeah. everyone out there, just yeah. call up Mark Zuckerberg like yeah. Kara would and no. tell him that you don't like the ads. No, I might go to Cheryl for that. Okay, call Cheryl. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I'm just saying, it's very irritating. Okay, next one. Uh, uh, next one is Fernanda. Is from Fernanda Beltreo, who yeah. wrote via email. My first question is, should we really call it a data breach? I Nobody mean, no calls one stole it that. The data. She said, no one stole the data, right? Mm-hmm. Facebook sold it. Also, is there any way that Facebook can keep control of the data they sell and make sure it's not used in an unethical way? Or I don't know, don't sell it at all. Well, yes. We're kind of talking about there's this. A f- yeah, there's a few ahead, things Curtis, here in this. this let's one. unpack this yes question. Yes. Uh, one, um, Facebook doesn't sell your data. We just, we just talked about that. This was not an issue of Facebook selling data. Um, it was also not a breach because, as uh, Fernanda pointed out, there was no technical hacking. There was no, you know, breaking through the firewall into the back systems. Facebook gave this data away to a partner that had used its API. That was all, you know, above board by the books. That partner then gave that data away, which was a violation of the the rules, right? So. As we've talked about before, it, Facebook doesn't sell your data. It gives it away to certain partners. It's even worse. Yeah, and really, there's no way for them to <laughs> kind of keep tabs on where it goes after the partner has it, and that's really what the problem is. It's like the clap. <laughs> Not that I go. Sorry. Oh, Kurt, I'm sorry. No, but that's you know good. I mean. That just caught me. You know, just, you know but I was it's in like Facebook that. It's data like it just goes. It's like it's like yeah. all right. Let me do. It's like if you opened a pillow up and spread the feathers, they're okay. gone. You yeah. can't get them back. Or not all of It'd them. It'd be a pain. You can't. 
It's gone. Yeah. It's gone. All right. Uh, a feather pillow was a much better thing than the club. All right. Uh, Mike Stelly um, via email. Does Facebook user account holders essentially have access to all their friends' data? In other words, if I have a lot of friends or followers, can I access their data? Can I voluntarily pass that data to others, such as Cambridge Analytica? Couldn't any Facebook user with lots of friends who is sympathetic to Trump still be consent to Cambridge Analytical accessing the data for their friends? I don't know that, Kurt. Oh, that's Did, interesting. Yeah, it's... I. I did. I read this before, and I and I went and tried to like do a little looking. Obviously, you have if you were friends with someone, you have mm-hmm. certain information that they share with their friends, right? Like yeah. I would probably share my location, name, school, all of that stuff with the people I've agreed to be friends with. I guess there's nothing stopping you from going to all of your friend profiles individually, tracking all of that That's information, crazy. collecting it, and then yeah. sending it to someone. It seems like a huge. Hassle, mm-hmm. and I don't think any. It's not scalable in the yeah. way that any advertiser would. But interesting want question. It. And then we know about recent indictments of 13 Russian individual companies set up face, Facebook accounts posing as U.S. citizens or groups. Did that give the Russians access to data from those individuals followed or friended? Yeah, I suppose they did. If so, there is a way for Facebook to trace, see if those people, the unwitting friends of the Russians. By the way, did you see the New York Times piece about when they found out they were going to Russian events? They were like, "Yeah, that's okay." Like some of the, they went to the, some of the people who got duped. Into <laughs> who went? New York Times went to some of the people that got duped into oh. going to events the Russians put together. Oh. And they're like, well, so what? I still agree. Oh, jeez. Like, yeah, exactly. All right, we're targeted in a manner described by Cambridge. So what about that? This, this question is basically asking, if you're a page or a publisher, can you get all of the data from the people who follow your page or like your page in the way that you would get friends data? Um, I have a professional Facebook page. Lauren, you do as well. I read this question, so I went on to my professional Facebook page, and I tried to see, can I get all the data from my followers, what I was able to do was see aggregated data. So I could see, for example, that I had, you know, 10 followers from Seattle, Washington, or Mm -hmm. I could see that I had 20 followers in the 18 to 24 age bracket. But I wasn't able, unless I just missed it, which is possible, but I wasn't able to go in and look at individual profiles or collect all of that kind of personal granular data. Mm -hmm. All I could get was big picture stuff. Yeah, but I mean... Again, even even aggregate data sets have been shown through data science to you could work into it backwards and right. find out. I mean, um, the, the, who, at least who people are. You well, can, the value of that is right. If you're if we're Recode, which we are, and we mm-hmm. go to an advertiser and we say, hey, we want to do, um, you know, we want to give you a uh, what is the the kind of ad now? Native Sorry, ad, native ad, native content, or or whatever. Um, here's the demographics of our followers, yeah, I right? Have 10 a, followers in Seattle. Yeah, they might say, oh, great. That's great. We, just the person we wanted to reach. Like, <laughs> right. we're going to pay you money for something. So there is value to it, but I don't think it's the same as having the individual granular data of all these users, which yeah. is what we're talking about here with the Cambridge Analytica situation. Yeah, 100%. But just to be clear, we here at Vox, and I, we have a, a, if anyone, I tweeted it out the other day, Vox has, Give, sells data too, but it keeps it anonymized. It's quite conservative, um, and and we don't give it out to third party in the same way. Anyway, you can go read it. I put, I tweeted out. I'll retweet it again. You know, every all publishers do this, like, but not in this massive amount and with this much information. We don't have people's likes. We don't have people's behaviors. We don't have mm-hmm. just they read the mm-hmm. story essentially. And it'd be a, it'd be a good day <clears throat> if two point two billion people were subscribed to Vox. Yeah, that would be great. Sure would have a lot more values. I would keep yeah. in mind. Um, everybody must wear pink or something like that. I declare, declare it. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break uh, from our sponsors. More questions after this. Lauren? Oh, I thought it was Kurt's turn. No. Hashtag money. Part? Part two. 
Kurt, do that again, please. Hashtag money. Oh my God, you had little. Was that good? That was different. That was more like that was part two. When are you move over, Buble? (laughs) (laughs) That was more country music than I intended. I liked it. I like it, Kurt. You're hired. Um, All right. uh, Next, (laughs) when we get back, we'll ask more questions. Today's show is brought to you by Simply Safe, the fastest growing home security company in the nation. They now protect more than two million people. Here's some exciting news. Simply Safe has just released a brand new home security system. This system has been completely rebuilt and redesigned. They've added new safeguards to protect against power outages, downed Wi-Fi, cut lines, bats, hammers, and everything in between. The all-new Simply Safe was redesigned to be practically invisible with powerful sensors so small you'll hardly notice them. But you know who'll notice them? Intruders. Simply Safe spent years building this system. They added so much. But you still get the same fair and honest price. 24-7 protection for only $15 a month. And there's no contract. It's smaller, faster, and stronger than anything they built before. But supply is very limited. Visit simplysafe.com slash TIDA now to order. That's S-I-M-P-L-I and then the word safe dot com slash TIDA, T-E-T-A, to protect your home and family today. Simplysafe.com slash TIDA. Today's show is brought to you by Magic. No, really, that's the name of the company sponsoring this. We all have tasks that need to get done, but we wish we could just pass them off to someone else. That's where Magic comes in. These are 24-7 trained personal assistants at your beck and call. Just send Magic a text message with your request and a real person gets to work. Magic's personal assistants can help you with virtually anything. They can research and book travel arrangements, deal with a cable company, hire a plumber, plan an event, schedule doctor's appointments, and so much more. With Magic, there are no monthly fees and no commitments. You only pay for what you use. There's a low cost per minute. Use Magic as often as you need it. Magic wants to help our listeners get more done, so they have a special offer. If you're a too embarrassed to ask listener, your first request is free. To get this offer, go to magic.com slash T-E-T-A. Start crossing things off your to-do list today. Try Magic for free. Go to getmagic.com slash T-E-T-A. That's getmagic.com slash T-E-T-A. We're back with Kurt Wagner of Recode, who covers Facebook. We had just finished a 20-minute interview with Mark Zuckerberg about mistakes were made. Would you, would you call that mistakes were made? Mistakes uh-oh, were made. Uh-oh, uh-oh, a little yeah. bit of uh-oh. I'm sorry. So Whoops. sorry. Whoops. My responsibility. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was very thoughtful about a lot of stuff. I he? thought he was. He actually a- answered all the questions, and I thought he, he didn't really... Dodge. I know he you. Didn't. He didn't fully say yes to the. He didn't agree with me on every agree, issue. But I thought he yeah. actually answered the question. pretty appropriate. We're going to put the whole transcript up. I mean, I have a different thought about it. He doesn't agree with everything, and, and, right, and right. us. But that's okay. He did. He had, he made his case. What did he um, think that the when did you ask him about what the possible fallout would be from all of this? Yes. And what did he say? Not good. Right. Yeah. You 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 kind of that was that at the very end. He was like running into a what an all hands all meeting hands with meeting. staff, which was mm-hmm. kind of cool. He was literally like on. We the were cell phone as he was walking to the all hands meeting. Yeah, he could have hung up on Um, us. But you kind of said, hey, is this like a big deal for Facebook's legacy? And he was pretty much like, "Uh, yeah, people seem pretty upset about it. So (laughs) he wasn't, you know, he wasn't be naive about the fact that this is a big story. Uh, yeah, exactly. He was he was good. You know what? Look, people are still furious right now on Twitter. I'm looking at people just really hate Facebook. What right are now. they saying? You know, that he's like, they stole our stuff. We had, how dare he? He should be jail. A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff that's not nice. Um, I, 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 I get, I feel your pain. I feel your pain. Well, again, yeah, those are Facebook. They, they, those they are did the users. Not, they did not they, responsibly they run that platform the way they should have. Mm-hmm. Just, there's no two ways about it. 
Um, all right, next question. EF something. What's the difference between how prior campaigns use Facebook data, especially Obama, and what Cambridge Analytica did? Kurt? This is a really good question. So I tried to, I wasn't actually covering Facebook back when Obama was uh, having his 2012 campaign. But what I've gathered, because they've na- it's now been brought back up to uh, the, the surface in the last couple of days, is that they also did something very similar. Um, they used uh, the difference is that they claim they use their own app. So whereas Cambridge Analytica got a lot of this information from that professor that we talked about at the very beginning, which violated Facebook's rules, the, the Obama campaign is saying, well, we actually just created our own app. People opted in. And as a result, we were able to get gather the information about them and their friend networks to do targeting. Mm-hmm. So Was this in t- 2008 or 2012? This was 2012, is mm-hmm. my understanding, which would have still been before they made the changes. Right. So it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there d- doesn't sound like there was a huge difference in terms of the data that each group had. It just was how the data was collected. So not saying that... Um, Cambridge Analytica necessarily did anything different than Obama did, but they got their data in a, in a different way. So what you're saying is that the Obama campaign also knew, knew you liked Friends. They knew I liked Friends and were... Red Robin <laughs> and Rascal what? Flats. What is Red Robin? That, these are the things I probably liked on my Facebook profile. Are, are the days of innocent, uh, you know what, I don't even know if campaigns were ever innocent. In no, they've been using data gathering. forever. Data, been, I was just going to say, data has been used and manipulated in elections And they elections went, they went to Facebook as, because it was like, why do you rob banks? Because that's where the money is. Facebook's where the people are. I guess my question is, does this really change anything now that we it know It gets this? worse and worse. It gets worse and worse as, as long as these companies don't take this seriously. There may be a point where they just can't sell the political. But again, they'll find a way to get at this data. Some... You know, this is a treasure trove. AI, for example, needs huge data sets to be effective, and they have the biggest data sets. Them, Google, Amazon, these data sets are valuable beyond they're 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 just they're just money in the bank, so to say. All right, next question, uh, Lauren. Why don't you next read? question is from Swaroop Sathish. Oh, that's a great. One. Uh, with Facebook scandal, an Uber autonomous car getting into an accident, a fatal accident. <laughs> that was. Uh, Terrible story. Do you think we are going to see a paradigm shift in the way tech companies treat data? Huh. I don't know if they have anything to do with each other. Yeah, I, you know, data and... Uh, uh, Look, autonomous yes. cars are going to... Uh, this is a tragic event, but you're going to see this happening. You know, hundreds of people died in car accidents every day. And so it's it, not, none of them. They're all tragic, every one of them. And so you're going to see this as autonomous cars roll out. You're just going to... It's going to be a lot of, you know, over the years, any, any technology has its price. Um, and in this case, it was tragic. And for the, I don't know if it has to do with data. That had to do with sensors and the pedestrian. They don't. I think it's more to do with responsibility, responsibility. right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's Good it's less specific to data, more about how we hold these companies accountable. And um, clearly, Facebook's going through that now. I'm I, I haven't, believe it or not, even been following the Uber thing as much, just because Facebook has been so crazy the last couple of days. But I'm sure that you know Uber will have to be will have to hold itself accountable, and people will hold it accountable. Yep, 100%. All right, next question is from Diego Sales. Uh, the president of Bolivia is going for unconstitutional reelection next, that's his opinion. I, I don't know much about Bolivian politics next year, and plans to have a social media team. I'm surprised he doesn't have one. Will Facebook be controlling this for things outside the US, US considering it's a market not particularly interesting to them? Uh, you know, that's an is- issue because Facebook has a lot of impact in countries in the Indonesia and others. They've affected mm-hmm. things by fake news. They have impact yeah. everywhere, and the massive impact they have in these other countries where people rely on them is really, uh, they have they got a business that's super complex and super 
prone to controversy, I think. Right. That's a nice way of putting it. It's not only about people in certain markets getting their news entirely mm-hmm. from Facebook, but it's the way that certain governments are able to manipulate Facebook data and the messages that are being shown to people uh, in a very undemocratic way. Um, yeah, I only, concern. only have one point on this, which is that I believe it was almost a year ago, right before the French presidential election, Facebook came out and said they banned a couple, like 30,000 fake accounts or bot accounts uh, that they were afraid could try and sway that election. So, um, and I realize that France is, is perhaps different than Bolivia, uh, but at the same time, I think Facebook does not want to be a manipulative service in any country or for any election. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we talk primarily about the U.S. presidential election for the last 18 months or so, but um, I can guarantee that they're focused and thinking about stuff that's happening in other parts of the world as mm-hmm. well. Right, right, absolutely. Next question, Lauren? Michael Pacholik. How do I become These a... names are so good today. How do I... <laughs> How do I be... Everyone, Kara likes your name. How do I become a ghost on Facebook without deactivating my account? Convincing my friends to abandon it with me is a losing battle, and we as a group use it to organize events. Mm-hmm. So he wants to ghost, but he still kind of wants to there use are, it. I, I, it's actually not that hard. It's, not. it's, it's <coughs> you have your account, mm-hmm. and you don't post. And, and you don't like things. And you don't, you don't, yeah. I mean, like, you can participate in a group conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, without posting publicly. And even if you do want to post, you can change. I think there's just so much, um, so many little details about Facebook in terms of privacy that people just aren't aware of, right? So every time you post, you can set who can see that post. You can show it to everybody on Facebook. You could show it just to your friends. You could actually eliminate, you know, your ex-girlfriend or boyfriend from seeing it. So there's a ton of controls that you have. It's just a matter of understanding them, knowing where to find them. So if you want to be on Facebook, but you don't want people to really know you're on Facebook, you can create an account, give them the bare minimum information they would need from you, which is probably just a name and an email, and, uh, you know, participate in things like private groups, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, question from Alan Hu. Hoy? Okay. Uh, what's the chances of Mark becoming POTUS now that the storm has happened? Uh, I'm not so sure he was going to be POTUS. I, I never went with that one. I don't think, I don't think he, yeah, yeah, I wasn't yeah. a believer. Um, it's not good. Well, but, but here we have Trump. Yeah, I was going to so, say, people yeah. seem to forget yeah. things pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah especially yeah. when it comes to business dealings yeah. and interactions. Yeah. I don't know. We got a so. porn star and a former Playboy model suing the president. So I don't know. I feel like. The data breach. Should, yeah, should be. I wouldn't say there's anything that disqualifies Although you from being data, president now. Although the data was still, yeah. I, mean, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't think he's running. I don't if think. You, it's not yeah. good. It's not good. It's not good for him. And he didn't point this out. He said he's made mistakes before and he's going to make them again. Oh, yeah. Um, and he did. Beacon. They, I mean, this, they, is, that, uh, honestly, this is, honestly, five days level. ago, six days ago when this first broke, I was like, well, you know, this is a, a certainly notable Another story, Facebook but scandal. you know, yeah. this will be over in forty-eight. I was—I've been pretty blown away by the reaction. You can just the tell timing. people are fed up. The time people yeah, are people tired. are fed up. People are fed up, and because of the election, the political, the, totally. the political part of it. That mm-hmm. even the idea that they may have even slightly impacted the election, and people will debate how much or how little. That's really disturbing. And yeah. so, if you need to focus on someone rather than the Russians, like you focus on Facebook. Well, it's, it's, it's a lot of times in any relationship, whether that's with a product or service or in real life. I mean, it's not it's not the thing that um, seems to like you know what's the what's the saying the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah. I mean, that's it's. 
it might not be the biggest thing, but it might be a buildup of things that have betrayed people's trust. But you know, it's, I've been hammering on this. It's not, it's people are getting a very lizard sense that technology might not be for the good, like self-driving cars, automation, uh, robotics. Mm-hmm. Um, so all these things, AI, I think people understand very clearly in the back of their minds that these things are going to have real consequences. But, there are, but what you're describing, too, are also very, um, those those are technology. And I think what's happening here is there's this confluence of events that where mm-hmm. the culture of technology is meeting with the products and services in yeah. a way that people aren't comfortable with. It's, it's not just whatever's going on with Uber. It's it's the Uber culture that we've heard a lot, yeah. a lot about and the evasiveness and uh, the sort of, you know, the that whole move fast and break things and ask for forgiveness that later was, kind well, of ethos. Mm-hmm. When, when that starts to butt up against the actual, it starts to feel very real to people when they're not just reading about those stories in the newspaper, but when it actually impacts the products and services they use every day. Mm-hmm. And when they can see that and it's a very tangible thing, I think that's when you have this perfect storm of events. I would say the last point is that this is a very personal thing for potentially every Facebook user, right? Yep. So everything we've, all the dilemmas and drama and, and issues we've dealt with so far um, have been pretty big picture, honestly. Like fake news, did Facebook, you know, was it used by the Russians to whatever? A lot of that, first of all, ha- apparently half the people don't care, they don't believe about it. A lot of people aren't in the US, so they don't care, they don't believe about it. This is like every single Facebook user has data within Facebook. Right, this or is has a, connected to some third exactly. party app. Or, so yeah. this is a problem that does not just affect people who were disgruntled about the mm-hmm. 2016 presidential election. No. This is something that could theoretically impact two billion people who use the service. So I think that's why we're seeing even yeah, more. It's, and it's the political. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. there's a political but spin wait, no, too. Do you remember when there were websites you could click on where it would tell you if you had read something that was made by some type of fake news slash Russian bot. And if you went and clicked on it, it would say like, no, like in my case, I said, no, don't worry. You didn't read, you didn't read anything that actually came from one of those sources. And you kind of feel like, yeah, it's okay. You know, like I think I have sense on the platform. Right. When it comes to like, I, at one point you, you mentioned word with words with friends sure. earlier, I connected my account with something that does this data scraping thing. Then it's, it really does open it up to so many right. people. Well, not just if you did it, right? But now we know and did any of friends. your friends do it right. because Prior words of friends probably got your uh, got my you know. Yep, a hundred percent. All right, last question, Lauren. This is via email from Liz Weeks, one of our most loyal listeners. Um, <laughs> sent a lot more questions than this, but we're going to read a couple. First and foremost, I have a rudimentary understanding of what it means to quote unquote delete data. I just assume even if it's deleted by me or even a company, it's still out there somewhere in the ether. Good point, Liz. When Facebook promises to delete data once and for all, what precisely do they mean? I mean, it's an amazing question because I I don't know if anyone has a super, super strong answer for that. But basically, traditionally, it means if you're deleting it, you're wiping it off of a company's servers, right? They have these servers where they store messages and posts and videos so that when you open the app and you say, oh, I want to look at that vacation photo I haven't looked at for two years, there's, it's stored somewhere on their server so that you're able to look it up. If it's deleted, that means it's wiped completely off that. I think the issue here that Liz is, is getting at is that once the data leaves Facebook's servers and once they share it with Words with Friends or with Spotify or with Airbnb or whoever it may be, it's now living on in two places. Facebook can only delete it in the, on the servers that it controls. It has to rely on these third parties to also treat it responsibly, take care of it, protect it. And that's where we're running into the issue, right? Is how many tens of, of thousands of developers that created an app that was cool for three weeks 
and then disappeared, how do we know that they were practicing right. safe, you know, user privacy yep, uh, regulations? Yeah, that's the regulation. issue. That's so. the issue. We just, they didn't monitor. It's monitoring, monitoring, monitoring. So you should assume that perhaps most of the things you've given Facebook probably do exist somewhere out there, Could. even if they've deleted yep. it. Fun. Yep. Another question from Liz. What role does Joseph Chancellor play? I would like to understand if he's a psychiatrist for Facebook or if he's simply given access to Facebook data. What checks does Facebook have on researchers using that data for non-academic purposes? And B, do they have any conflicts of interest provisions? This was, this was to, I, so I tried to look into this a little bit. So Joseph Chancellor is Explain the former that. Cambridge Analytica employee who is now employed by Facebook. And, my, and I do not know much. My understanding from what I've read is that Facebook is now exploring, you know, he's still there, he's still employed there, I believe, and Facebook's now, you know, looking into whether there was any wrongdoing from him, was, was there a connection of some kind, was he helping? Uh, I think it's very much a innocent and true until proven guilty kind of thing, because I think this guy could very well have just been an employee there, and he's now an employee at Facebook. But, um, you know, I, that's that's pretty much what I know, and I and I assume, especially given the gravity of the situation, that Facebook is looking into um, that very closely. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, overall, this is the last question, Kurt. What what do you what's the next story? I think the big big story that's going to be uh, important and also um, might not happen right away is what impact all of this has on Facebook's executive team. Right. So The cohesive, they always brag about their cohesion. Yeah. Tara and I have talked about this a ton. Facebook's executive team is very close. Mm -hmm. They've almost all been there for 10 years or more. A lot of them were like origin, you know, yep. the original crew that helped build Facebook from Palo Alto. You'd who are say some OG, of, who are some of these OG, people? Yeah. Not these people. Yeah, that original geeks. OG. Original what, geeks. Say that? Who are some of these people? Uh, like Andrew Bosworth, who goes by Boz, Naomi Gleit, Mike Shrepner, uh, Cheryl. Dan um, Rose. Dan Rose is a good one. I think Chris he's been Cox. there 12 years. Cox, it, it's a, more than a dozen Cox years. is like, you know, Chris Cox is head of product at Facebook. He's literally like Zuckerberg's best friend. Mm -hmm. They travel together. There was like paparazzi photos of them in Hawaii. It's a very cohesive. Elliot Schrag is there. I think um, the issue is like, you know, we, we just found out this week that their um, chief security officer is leaving over some disagreements about how to kind of handle all of this stuff. You mm -hmm. wanted more transparency. I'm I sorry, can't Nicole, believe Nicole he's... Nicole Perlroth uh, reported yeah, that. Great right? job by New York yeah. Times. Yes, awesome story. Um, I can't imagine he's the only one who's had a disagreement about this internally. Uh, I can't imagine that there aren't people who... Obviously, Mark is responsible, Cheryl is responsible, but like there got to be other people who have mm -hmm. been there a long time who are responsible for what's going on here. So are there going to be more exits? Are there going to be people who are asked to leave because thank you for your service, but you've screwed up? Mm -hmm. And then are there going to be people like Alex Thomas uh, who say, well, we disagree with how things have gone or this is just too much for us and we're going to leave. So yeah. well, how's the board reacting? Well, the, the board gave a statement which... Um, in support of Mark and Cheryl just a few hours ago. And I actually thought that was really interesting because Mark and Cheryl are both on the board and Mark basically controls the whole Controls company. the board. So it's kind of like... It's like a Russian election. People were making a big deal. They were like, oh, the board came out with a statement in support. And I well, was like... Well, he won by 76%. Yeah. What a surprise. I call a board meeting. Yeah. And this you know, but you again, say. Mark is not like that. But the fact of the matter is he controls the board, right. period. Period, period, period. End of story. If he didn't... And by the way, boards are like, come on. Like, look what the Uber board did. Like, this guy, this guy practically like killed a puppy in front of them. Like, he would have had to do that. I don't know what he could have done, and he didn't kill a puppy. And Facebook's in particular, clear. 
has been around for a long time. <laughs> like Mark Andreessen, Mark Andreessen is not like going to come out and Mark publicly chastise Mark Zuckerberg. Never. Not, and Peter Thiel. This is yeah. not a group of people that are going to object. They're going to stick together. And that's the issue is the, is the wagon, whatever you do with wagons. <laughs> no, what do you, you do circle with wagons? Them. You circle oh, right, them. Okay. <laughs> so I circling I wagons like, I is what Silicon Valley. I didn't know if you were going to say like, wheels are coming off. I was really wondering you know, the wheels are coming off that. some of the wagons and wobbly wheels, but you know, they're never going to do this. And, and not Mark Zuckerberg, not, he's like, no, he's the top, top. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he's the, nobody's going to mess with him. And the question is, are they going to do their job? These boards are not, none of these boards in Silicon Valley. And by the way, across the country, really, come on. I just, I just don't expect any kind of uh, courage from any of them. Um, as it's, as it's shown over and over again, the Yahoo board, the, I just every, you know, it's just not going to happen, right? Yeah, I agree. They're going to support I saw the statement and I thought, of course. I'd like like to see one board member saying this sucks. Would have been way, 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 way more interesting if they had not done showing support for Mark and Cheryl. And and, and getting to what Kurt was talking about when we finished on this is this cohesion. Uh, I had a a back and forth with Elliot Schrag, who's the head of policy and and comms, essentially. He's been there, came from Google with Cheryl. Um, And I said, I put my hand up and he's like, oh no. And I said, you know, you guys brag about your cohesion that you all get along. I said, is that a problem? Because there's nobody an irritant in the room. Right. It's a bunch of yes people. Not, well, yes, not, not yes people. That's that's too easy. It's it's a very different kind of thing. It's a cohesive mentality of these people that agree they with you. They believe in their mission we were talking agreement. about earlier. They're, they're like, in violent yeah. agreement. They don't want to get angry at each other. They're very cohesive. They're incredibly um, smart and everything else. And so there's nobody like... Like I was joking uh, with um, Mark Andreessen, I was texting with him and I was like, put me on the board. That'll be, you know what I mean? <laughs> and he didn't respond. Um, but it was really interesting. It's like you need irritants in these companies to say no. And that doesn't happen. So anyway, we'll see. There's lots to come, right, Kurt? A lot more. Get some sleep, Kurt. I would like to. Early. I'm doing CNN International oh. at 10 p.m. Oh, tonight. fantastic. I'm going to pass you a lot more. Great. Okay. All right. Thank you, Kurt. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank Lauren, you, thanks. Kurt. It was really fascinating. Good chatting with this you. Was fun. Unfortunately, Casey Newton did not pay. Did not. Visit. What happened to Casey? He's busy. He's he just, probably he busy just actually. He's very funny. He said, "I didn't get to interview Mark Zuckerberg, so I'm just going to restate everybody else." It's very cute. Um, I love that Casey Newton. He's very funny. Um, he's very good, and I'm sure he's yes, not just going to restate it, but some he, great will, he will add his. And he also has a fantastic newsletter now that he puts out yeah. every single weeknight. Yeah, uh, compiling uh, all the Facebook news, all the social media mm-hmm. news. He's writing his own stories, of course, about it. It's uh, it's really good. So I would check. I would check that out. Yeah. Um, anyway, this has been another great episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask. Uh, Kurt, thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Say it in a sportscaster voice. What am I? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, nice. <laughs> We'll be back after this message. <laughs> nice. Can you that. sing like Bublé again? That was really good. No. 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 I need, I need uh, needs, yeah, I shouldn't do that. Kurt is replacing but you thank soon, you. Lauren. I just, just FYI. Oh, really? Are yes. you still talking about replacing me? Yes, I am. Oh, if you geez. enjoyed this week's episode as much, oh, that's yours. Go ahead, See? Lauren. Like Sorry. you're just charging ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. If you all enjoyed this week's I'm episode tired. as much as we did, be sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Too Embarrassed to Ask. I'm, I'm tired. I broke a story about Uber today. They, they, they unhired someone who turned out to have lied to them. The and they just extended an offer. Yeah, well, too bad on that one. When you subscribe, you'll be the first listen to new episodes every Friday or catch up on previous episodes where I answer all the tech questions that our listeners have been too embarrassed to ask. Was his name Scott Thompson? No, <laughs> keep going. 
If you're not on Apple Podcasts, you can also subscribe on Spotify, Google Play Music, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Or you can listen to every episode at recode.net slash podcasts. And while you're there, you should check out our other shows, Recode Decode, Recode Replay, and Recode Media with Peter Kafka. The Verge also has a great podcast. It's called The Verge Cast, and it's hosted by Neelai Patel. Ashley Carmen and Caitlin Tiffany also host another podcast that's really fun, and it's called Why'd You Push That Button? About all the weird uh-huh. things we do on the internet. You should totally listen to it. Kurt, will you read this last line, please? Because I like sure. the way you read it better. Yeah, do it in your sports What am I reading? I one. clearly haven't been Don't take Lauren. She gets all fussy. Don't forget to tweet your questions. No, no, no. Come oh, on. wait. Which one? Don't forget to tweet your little bit more. <clears throat> Come on, style. Don't forget to tweet your questions ahead of time at Recode with the hashtag too embarrassed or email them to too embarrassed at recode.net. Well done. That was really good. Yeah. I can't compete. I'm just right, going to quit now. Go ahead. Finish up. Thanks for listening. Thanks to our sponsors and to oh Cadence God, 13 so and Vox Media, which sells those ads so you can listen to this show for free. Oh, man, I would Thanks stop listening our, right now. <laughs> Thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie, and our wonderful producer, Eric Johnson. We'll be back next week with a very special episode. I can't say what it's about, but you should really tune in. So tune in then. Today's show is brought to you by IBM. By 2050, the world population will reach nearly 10 billion, and food production will need to grow by 70%. Farmers are working with IBM and Watson to help increase their crop yields. Let's put smart to work. Find out how at ibm.com smart.